All right. Can I get a shout out if you love some popcorn in church? Come on, somebody. Not bad. How about if you're in love with Jesus? Can I get a shout for that? Come on. Good stuff, man. So awesome to be with you guys this morning. It's going to be a great day in, uh, in God's house. I want to tell you, if you're here for the very first time, we are so glad you're here. In fact, would all of you who call True Life Home just help me right now? Let's let everyone who's a guest know how glad we are that they are here. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hope that you enjoy it. And uh, we are going to depart from maturity and acting like grown-ups today. And we are going to use animation to talk about Jesus. And, uh, and we didn't even let the kids stay for it. <laughs> so, uh, no, they got their own thing going on next door. So we are in part two of our series called At The Movies. And this is really what it's all about. Number one, it's about the fact that it's okay to have fun in church, isn't it? It doesn't have to always be serious and, and dry and boring. And uh, one of my favorite stories is one of the guys who he leads our usher team now, Chris. The first time he attended our church, man, suit and tie. He was dressed and walked in and was like, whoa, that's not what I expected. And Because, uh, listen, we're, we think church should be enjoyable. We want you to get in the car after it's all over this morning. And, and we want you going, looking at your family going, let's do that again. That was fun. We hope that's the experience you have this morning. And, uh, and so throughout the movies, what we're doing is finding some biblical truths in Hollywood blockbusters. And uh, you still got one more week. This is the most evangelistic series we'll do all year. You got one more week to invite people next week where we're going to show you how in every single movie and everything creative and artistic that happens in our culture, you see the image and the character of God in it. Because wired into each and every one of us is a craving to know where we come from and what we're supposed to do with our lives. So even the most broken, most secular thing that you can find, you'll find a craving for the creator. Come on, somebody. How many know that's true? So we're going to show that to you in part three of At The Movies next week. It's going to be great. You don't want to miss it. How would I do on that, Joel? Good? That's good? All right. Just figure that out just now. So um, it's going to be awesome. All right. Let's jump into this. How many know that the world likes to put this label on people? This word, it's called Ordinary. Anybody know what it's like to be, or I felt ordinary at times in my life. I have a kind of a bold statement that I want to make to you this morning. And, and it's really the, the foundation of everything else that we're going to talk about today. And it's simply this, and I need you to believe it, even if you don't understand it at first. And it's this, that nobody is ordinary. Nobody. Nobody is ordinary. We're going to dive into the Lego movie. I know some of you are wondering, how is this guy going to pull anything biblical out of an animated movie. And uh, I, it's, I just want you to know it's okay. Even if you're more mature. It's okay to enjoy an animated movie this morning. And laugh and have fun. You don't have to pretend that you're too mature for this. It's alright. Okay. How many have seen a Lego movie? Any fans? Alright good. So spoiler alert. Plug your ears if you don't want to hear this. The Lego movie is about this guy. He's a Lego character named Emmett. And if you had to sum it up, Emmett is a nobody. He's the poster boy for ordinary. He lives in his Lego world run by a guy by the name of President Business. Who is bent on making everyone ordinary. And I actually think that's a great picture of what happens in our culture today. 
Our culture tries to make all of us fit in a box to find our ordinary. But the thing I want to encourage you with today is that God never intended ordinary for any of his creation. Something happens to Emmett in this movie. He becomes aware that his life might actually have a deeper meaning and purpose than what he previously thought. And so what I want to do is take a couple minutes now and introduce you to the Lego character named Emmett. Let's check it out. All right, that's Emmett. <laughs> the, the ultimate picture of ordinary, the ultimate picture of average. And then something happens to Emmett in that moment there at the end to kind of wreck his ordinary. And by the way, all of you munching on popcorn is making me very hungry, so this will be a fast message. I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever had a moment in life that wrecked your ordinary? Maybe it's an unexpected change in your career. Um, a new baby. I know 18 months ago for us, my son entered the world, and ordinary is not the same anymore. Amen. <laughs> That's my friend Alex who just had twins. There is no such thing as ordinary in that house anymore. Maybe, maybe something happened on a different scale that changed what was ordinary for you. I, I couldn't help but think when I was working on this about the first time I took an overseas missions trip. I went to the country of El Salvador and led a bunch of teenagers there. And I just remember that was the first time in my life that I had ever seen people in that kind of poverty. There were moments where I had to just kind of hide away from the rest of the team, hide behind a bus or, or find a room somewhere and just kind of emotionally try to deal with what I was seeing. It changed what was ordinary for me. And I wonder this morning how many of us, like Emmett, are kind of caught in the cycle of what culture tells us we should do and be. You know, culture has a set of instructions for your life. And there's actually much less freedom in those than the set of instructions that God has for your life. There's an enemy of your soul who wants to use law and rules and, and pressure and all of those things in this world to try to get you to fit inside of a box. And what I hope God will do for some of us this morning is just kind of wreck what's ordinary. That this will be your Emmett moment, hopefully less painful than falling down a hole. I even thought as I was preparing, what could I say? Like, what could I say that would be so shocking and so scandalous that it would just wake people up and, and pull them out of what's ordinary? And I was trying to think of what I could say to you, and then I realized that I don't need to say anything because the Bible already says it. And shouldn't that be enough? Come on, shouldn't God's word be enough? Listen to this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26, Paul is writing here and he says, For consider your calling, brothers and sisters, ladies, you're included. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many of you were powerful not many were of noble birth. In other words, not many of you are important in the world's eyes. You're all pretty ordinary. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God, and because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who, 
who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that it is as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And here's what I want to say to you this morning. That with Jesus Christ, you can leave a life of ordinary and move into a life that's full of extraordinary. Come on, somebody. Through Jesus Christ, you can leave what's ordinary and step into a life that's extraordinary. As I read that scripture, I couldn't help but kind of put it into my own version. So I'm still working on my complete Bible. But just that one scripture, here's the Michael Smith translation. Hopefully this isn't heretical. But this is my paraphrase of what Paul wrote. The more ordinary, unqualified, and overlooked you are, the better. For it is the ordinary, unqualified, and overlooked that God takes delight in transforming into extraordinary, supernatural miracles. So that when the world looks upon us, they will see the undeniable proof that Jesus Christ is alive and well and able to do anything he wants with anyone that he wants. Come on, you know, that's what I want my life to be. I'm actually okay with being a little bit ordinary so that when you put a little Jesus into the mix, it creates something that the rest of the world goes, that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be. That is my story. You guys are familiar with this slang that gets used, the redheaded stepchild. Anybody familiar with that one? Let, let me just tell you how funny this is. The redheaded red. Amen. The redheaded stepchild is your pastor. Every time I hear that word, I chuckle a little bit because I know it's supposed to be derogatory. But I was a stepchild twice with red hair. And can I just tell you, if God can take a redheaded stepkid and do miracles in his life, he can do anything with anybody that he wants. On my best day, I was a C-plus student all through school. I had behavioral issues. My teachers used to tell my mom, he's very smart, but he's too social. A C student from a town nobody's heard of, Belton, Missouri. I grew up in the middle of cornfields. I used to have a big belt buckle. <laughs> the walls to my office, which is currently my basement, they're not covered in accolades or certificates or degrees. I'm as average a guy as there is, but I feel like God has extraordinary supernatural plans for me. When you mix Jesus into the recipe, the more ordinary you think you are, the better positioned you are to be a part of his miracle and his story. And so with Emmett's help today, I want to give you just a few steps that will help you break out from your ordinary and experience a life of meaning and purpose the way God intended it. And here's the, here's the first thing that I want to talk about. You know, in our culture, it's, it is totally normal. It's, ex, it's expected, in fact, that you conform. We use words like conventional wisdom. Well, can I just tell you, like, 
the wisdom that comes from God is unconventional wisdom. I don't want to just be a slave to what's conventional. I want to be a slave to what's supernatural and unconventional. Come on, somebody. But there's some tension here now, right? Life is full of forces that are always trying to pull us back into a life of ordinary. There's an enemy of our souls that wants you to live a life of conformity in one way or another. In fact, he's kind of like president business. President business, you're going to see it here. He wants to unleash a super weapon called the craggle. And here's really his mission, is to make all of Lego world conform to who he says they should be. Sound like anybody in their life. Can I tell you, there's an enemy of your soul who has a perfect picture of you, frozen, useless, ordinary, and he'd love to trap you there. Take a look at this. I know some of you right now have some ideas involving super glue in your in-laws. Don't do it. I think there's a perfect picture in present business of what happens in our culture, and it sounds like this. Conform or else. Conform or else. The mindset exists in a lot of places, doesn't it? Culture tells us that we have to not just love and accept people, but actually celebrate what would be contrary to God's word. And if we don't, we're hateful, right? Conform or else. Follow the rules. We have a lot of students that attend our church, and and I don't want to get on too much of a soapbox here, but, you know, we have a lot of students who you'll spend Several years in a university, you'll rack up gobs and gobs of debt that you shouldn't have. You'll finish and you'll be no, cl- no closer to knowing what it was you were supposed to do to li- with your life. And owe a lot of money to some people that you've never met. Why? Because culture says conform or else. Conform or else. What if we went to God to find out who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to do with our life. And just allowed him to lead us down the path. That we're supposed to go down. It might involve a traditional school or traditional education. It might involve a lot of other things. Some of us are convinced that we're the only ones in our circle of friends who will be single forever. Or we can't find that special someone. And because culture's telling you, conform. That's what you have to be. But in fact, there are places in scripture where we're encouraged. If you can make it and stay single, go for it. You might actually... Be of more use to the kingdom that way than you would be in a relationship. The mindset is everywhere. Ladies of University of Delaware, I want you to know. You don't have to conform. As the weather gets cooler, you have options besides North Face jackets and yoga pants. I'm just, I'm just giving you the option, alright. There's a lot of stores out there with lots of other... Step one, if you want to break out from ordinary and go to extraordinary, is this. Step one, transform, don't conform. Transform, don't conform. The process that Emmett goes through in the Lego movie is one of transformation. And we find it in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. I love the way the New Living Translation says that same scripture. It says it this way. Don't copy 
the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. I say it this way. Right thinking leads to right acting, which leads to right feeling. A lot of times we get it in reverse. We want to have the feeling before we make the decision. But God's process for you is to get your mind renewed, get your thinking changed, and that leads to right behavior, and that follows with the reward of right feeling. So sometimes people say, but you can't talk about fulfillment in church because that makes it too much about you. That makes it too humanistic. You can't talk about what God wanting for you to be, is to be happy. You can't have happiness. God wants holiness. Well, what if holiness is just a redefinition of happiness? What if holiness is really just me getting closer and closer to God's perfect fool for my life? And as I do, I become more and more content with who he wants me to be. It doesn't have to be a dichotomy. It doesn't have to be either or. It's both. By renewing your mind. How? We renew our mind through God's word. We renew our minds through prayer. You're doing it right now. You don't realize it necessarily. But you're listening to God's word being taught. The synapses in your brain are firing and new thought patterns are developing in your mind this very second. How do I know that? Because the Bible tells me the word of God never returns void. Conformity gets pushed on us and it actually gets pushed on us in extremes. On the one side, there's extreme humanism. Serve yourself, lawlessness, do whatever feels good. Some of us live in a world of False humility, where we try to conform in a way that's not even real. We try to put on a mask. We try to put on a face. You'll even serve others a little and then act like a martyr for it. Humanism on the one extreme. The other extreme is religion. I know you all are waiting for me to use this prop. I'm not. We just thought it would look cool because it's the Lego movie. (laughs) On one hand is extreme humanism. Lawlessness. On the other hand is extreme religion. This happens even in the church. This is what Jesus was fighting with the religious leaders of his time. There was a group of people who had, who had created so many laws, so many regulations, so many rules that nobody was able to follow them. Nobody was able to. to the, the Bible says that the law was our taskmaster, that it existed to teach us that we would never measure up without a perfect sacrifice. Come on, aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ showed up so that we don't have to be stuck in religion. Can I just tell you you're in a non-conforming church? In our church, we actually believe you can belong and have a family here and get to know people and people will love you before you even believe what the rest of us believe. We don't fight over doctrines that aren't essential to salvation or the great commission because we're not trying to make everybody fit in our perfect little picture, our perfect little box. We We say, if you love Jesus and you love people, we can lock arms and do something together. Come on, somebody. When your mind is being renewed, you'll find this word, and it's it's not popular to preach on because it doesn't strike any kind of emotion, but when your mind is being renewed, you'll actually find balance. You'll find balance. But it's not over. As you break out of a life of conformity, there are going to be some challenges. There are going to be some days that don't feel like things are going well. You're going to have some days like Emmett did, a day like this. 
And the moral of the story is, if you follow Jesus, you could steal Batman's girlfriend. <laughs> Transform, don't conform. Never give up. And then, change your world. I want you to notice that I didn't say change the world. Because all God is asking for many of us is that we just start with whatever's right in front of us. Do what you can where you are right now to find God's will for your life. And go for it. Give him the opportunity to do something extraordinary with you. I, I, I love the story that Dwight Moody tells. He says, I remember hearing of a man at sea who was very seasick. If there's a time when a man feels that he cannot do any work for the Lord, it is then, in my opinion. While this man was sick, he heard that a man had fallen overboard. He was wondering if he could do anything to help save him. He laid hold of a light and held it up on the porthole. The drowning man was saved. And when this man got over his attack of seasickness, he was up on the deck one day and was talking to the man who had been rescued. The saved man gave his testimony. He said he had gone down the second time and was just going down again for the last time. When he put out his hand, just then he said some, someone held a light at the porthole and the light fell on his hand so that someone was able to see him catch him by the hand and pull him into a lifeboat. It seemed a small thing to do to hold up the light, yet it saved that man's life. If you cannot do some great thing, you can hold the light for some poor, perishing drunkard. These are Moody's words, not mine. Who may be won to Christ and delivered from destruction. Let us take the torch of salvation and go into these dark times and hold up Christ to the people as the Savior of the world. Say, Michael, I'm ordinary. There's nothing I can offer. No, Jesus says you can, if nothing else, you can just be a light. You can shine a light. He said it himself, Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. Come on, church. God doesn't want any of us to just be ordinary. There's no such thing as ordinary. There's only extraordinary if you've got Jesus Christ in your life. And if you'll just start with changing what's around you, work on what's in front of you, it's impossible to know the depth of impact that your life might have. Would you close your eyes this morning? Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Maybe this is your first time in church, or maybe it's your first time in church in a very long time. And I just got to tell you something. Everything that you've experienced today is the result of people, here we call them the life team, who've chosen to shine a light. They've done all of it in an effort to draw you toward Jesus. And I have to ask you, do you know him? Is his light shining in your life? If not, 
why not make today the day? Stop conforming to the world and join a new family. Follow Jesus with us. If there's anybody in this room right now, every head bowed, every eye closed, nobody looking around. This is just between you, me, and Jesus. I'm not going to call you forward or embarrass you, but I want to know if you're here. If you say, Michael, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, and today I need to begin one. I want to invite him into my heart. I want to invite him to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Would you just real quickly throw your hand up so I know you're here? I see it. Anyone else? I see it. Awesome. Anyone else? Just a second. I see it. Anyone else? Anyone else? Quickly. Quickly. We got to go. People want ice cream. Awesome. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And as a way of welcoming you into the family of God, our whole church is going to say this prayer with you. Then all I'm going to ask you to do is when we're done, take that connection card I talked about earlier. Make sure we have your name and at least your email address and check the box that says I'm committing my life to Jesus Christ. We're going to send you an email that will give you some instructions on how to get off to a good start, a fresh start with Jesus. Will you say this prayer with me? Come on, church. Dear Jesus, I need a Savior. I don't want ordinary. I choose extraordinary. And I surrender my life, all of it, to you. Jesus Christ, I welcome you into my heart, into my life. From this day on, you would be the Lord and the Savior of my life. I repent of doing life my way. And I turn to doing life your way. In your name I pray. Amen. Come on, church. Heaven got bigger again this morning.